You're listening to Off the X with your host Tyler Wells, Forrest Carmahal, and Barrett Moon. Brought to you by Trinity Gunworks, Muddyfoot Outdoors, and Makers Call Company. Be heard. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Off the X Podcast. I'm Forrest Carvajal, and I'm joined with my best good friends, Tyler Wells and Barrett Moon. Caleb Smith, our dean of duck dogs, he's not here tonight. He, he had a take an excused absence this time. Uh, but we have a special guest this week. Mr. David St. John of Echo Calls, former world champion, is here with us. Uh, we're going to get to know him a little bit of backstory, how he got into hunting, and what it's like guiding for some top-tier places. And, and hopefully he has high expectations for this year, but we'll find out about that later. We also have a call review at the end. Uh, uh, David ran an ODB. Y'all saw that on social media. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that call Uh to preface it, it's my favorite Echo, but we'll talk more about it at the end of this. David, how's it going? Going good. Going good. <laughs> Thanks for having me in. Well, we're happy that you're here. Um, well, tell us a little bit about like how you grew up, uh, how you got into hunting, and where you're from. Uh, born and raised in Lone Oak, Arkansas. Being Lone Oak, being country town back in the days, you know, in the in the 70s. Uh, I used to ride around my grandfather a lot, and uh, he worked on fish farms. And so, and he duck hunted years ago in the fifties, you know, out on the white river and stuff like that. And he deer hunted and stuff. So I kind of followed along with him and, and kind of got into the hunting schemes with him and, and learned a lot off, off my grandfather. Well, that's, I have a similar story to that. I grew up with my grandparents, so I learned pretty much everything that I know about duck hunting from my grandfather. Also, <laughs> we didn't grow up in as great of a duck hunting area. It's <laughs> Lone Oak. <laughs> but does Lone Oak still have birds? They still get birds. They they do. They they still get quite okay. a few birds. Uh there's uh you can drive down the interstate a lot of times and right there at that new exit they've got, mm-hmm. you know, it cuts off right there on 70 mm-hmm. or uh, not 70 but 89 and uh uh there's a lot of ducks that sit really? in rice fields. It just seems like over the years, it's just kind of the numbers. I've always felt like Lone Oak just kind of slowly dwindled. That's, a, that's everywhere. Oh, true. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's true. Could just that's be true. Arkansas, but. <laughs> but, that you know, that's kind of how I got started. You know, yeah. Just kind of like you with your grandfather. About how old were you? Do you remember? Man, I started riding, riding around with him, man, when I was four or five years old. Oh, man. Um, just. Going to the fish farms quite a bit, you know, especially through Thanksgiving holidays and Christmas holidays. It was just a way of life. That's that's right. You know, uh, pretty much for me. <laughs> I always followed him around. He he was kind of my idol. Did he did he start you out duck hunting like on the fish ponds, or did he take you out doing something? I'll tell you an interesting story about how all that worked. <laughs> my grandfather always he was a early to bed, early riser. You know, he'd get up at three three thirty every morning, Ooh, and, and he'd get up and have coffee made and stuff. And then, man, I'd wake right up. I'd sleep in their living room. I'd wake right up and go with him. Uh, so through duck season, he would tell me. He said, "Hey, he said if you want to hunt today, here's my eleven hundred, <laughs> and here's you know two and three quarter shells." He said, "I'll set you in the corner of a fish pond." And he said, "I'll go, I'll go run the farm," and you know he he kind of figured out fish and stuff. Yeah. You know, so while he was doing that. He would set me in a corner of a pond with 1,100, uh, 12 gauge. And I'd sit there, and if ducks flew by, I shot at them. You know, that's, that's kind of how I started. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, these fence posts we were talking about earlier, the green belt arc and stuff like that, right. uh, they would have a fence post in the corner of fish ponds. Mm-hmm. And the first decoy I ever got, I remember, cost my mom $2 at Kmart. 
and I had a and I had a white nylon string that I would tie to the keel, and I would tie it on that fence post, and I would throw it as far out there as that white (laughs) white rope would let it go. (laughs) How did did you get the ducks back that you shot? Well, back then (laughs) as a kid, I didn't play no wind. I was hoping the wind blew in my face. You know, if I killed a duck, it'd blow it back up to the bank. You know, to tell you kind of how my grandfather was, he would take me out there and he'd leave me fishing in one of these bows or whatever, right. you know, down between the ponds and bar ditches and stuff. And particular times, I'd get my spinnerbait hung up. And he'd come by and he said, you hung? And he said, I said, yeah. And he'd strip down to his boxers and he'd swim out there and get it. Holy smokes. Oh, yeah. And he'd come back. So if I ever needed a duck <laughs> retrieved, he would go put his waders on back in the wintertime and he would he would wait out there and get my duck. He loved home. you a whole lot. Oh, yeah, he did. Bait. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, back in them days, I mean, we would have blue northerners that blow yeah. in. It'd be 25 mile hour winds and it'd feel like negative 20 yeah. wind that's chill. A whole, that's a whole you different know, generation he of would, men back he then. He would still leave me in a corner of a pond with the 1100 and and leave me a thermos full of coffee oh man <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned Drinking i got black coffee i got smarter hour i started getting on the back side of the levee where the wind blow wouldn't blowing in my face <laughs> <laughs> five years old shooting a 12 gauge drinking black coffee <laughs> smoking cigarettes <laughs> do you have any special ducks from when you were younger that you really remember <laughs> I remember walking up on the levee one time, and when I, I mean, you know, and as a kid, the reaction shot just happens, and as soon as I topped this levee, these ducks jumped out of the corner of the pond, I just pulled up and shot, and I mean, I shot, I shot it within five yards of me, and I got, I went out and actually picked the duck up, and it mm-hmm. was a canvas back, mm-hmm. but I wanted to have it mounted. But it was so close to me that I almost blew it in half. <laughs> Wasn't much left to mount. Wasn't much left. The head was hanging off. Oh, yeah. It was a pretty canvas bag. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm not sure if you could shoot them back then or not. But, you know, we're in Lone Oak, Arkansas, yeah. Yeah. fish farm. <laughs> and, they're, and, you know, on fish farms, they're nuisance. You know, right, all right. blue herrings and everything. Mm-hmm. These guys have permits to, you know. Mm-hmm to kill them and because yeah, that affects their livelihood yeah so it was, it's been, it was pretty cool growing up like that when was the last time you hunted a fish pond i was probably 18 or 19 years old 18 or 19 mm-hmm. wow <laughs> what would it feel like to go back and do that now well <laughs> <laughs> would you waste your time <laughs> I was you know i'll tell you i would because it didn't matter how cold it got yeah when i was a kid uh-huh. we'd always go hunt mm-hmm. right the ponds would be frozen two inches thick, mm-hmm. and we would leave our decoys out overnight, and they'd be frozen mm-hmm. into the pond. So all these bluebills and scallop and stuff, they would come in and try to land in the decoys. And they'd, <laughs> they'd hit the ice and slide into the levee, and we'd jump up and start hammering. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we, a good time. We were having a great time because, you know, back then you shot lead too. Yeah. So they could still get 50, 60 yards out there, and we were still knocking them dead. We didn't have no way to get to them because some parts of that pond was deep. <laughs> so when did do you remember uh, like easing your way into flooded timber like uh, apparently you probably did a lot of the fish pond stuff yeah uh how old were you or around about what was it like going into the flooded timber let me me tell you i had to ask my grandfather i all all wanted to kill what what they we call back then were big ducks Right, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that canvas back was a big duck. I was ecstatic about that, but it, like I said, it was obliterated. But um, I, I asked him when I was thirteen years old. I said, "Granddad, I said, let me ask you a question. Where are all the big ducks? 
And, you know, a lot of people say, hey, don't say this. But let me tell you, this is such a cool story for me because 13 years old, I'm trying to find out at that point where the big ducks are. Mm-hmm. Right. Where are these things they call mallards? Where's mm-hmm. these green heads? I want to see them. And he said, son, let me tell you something. If you ever get a chance to get a place on the White River Bottoms, don't pass it up and don't ever let it go. Mm-hmm. He said, because you're going to have your years that's going to be not good. That's going to be terrible. And he said, but you're going to, your own years are going to be unbelievable. And let me tell you, the, he, he didn't, he wasn't kidding, <laughs> you know, but I, and I learned a lot then because he, he, he got into the story of telling me this world goes in cycles, right? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year cycles. He said, but let me tell you when it's good, there ain't nothing like it. Mm-hmm. That and still ring true today? It still rings true today for me. I mean, I wish I, people would listen to that because yeah, I feel like there's, yeah. there's so many people that want to argue that. Yeah, there's so many people hunting nowadays. Yeah. You know, there's um, I, the, these ducks are overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, the ducks are very smart. Mm-hmm. They're smarter than, than what a hunter will give them credit for. Yeah. Right. You can fake them and trick them and whatever with a duck call and decoys and stuff. I mean, you think about what they hunted with back in them days. They hunted with the milk jugs mm-hmm. and painted them black. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could trick them doing that because, you know, from a distance. And y'all have seen, you know, now we have these... I mean, guys, I mean, it's what unbelievable. Don't we yeah, what, don't right. we what they had to fly over these woods, you right? Know? And uh, I mean, you can look down. It's, if you see black dots, these ducks, you know, you could trick them. But uh, there's so many people, and they're seeing them. And these ducks are smart. So you know, I noticed last year the ducks started started moving around when people left the woods mm-hmm. at noon, mm-hmm. one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon, and then they'd go back to feed overnight in the fields. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that kind of leads into the the guiding now Mm -hmm. so did you do more guiding or public land hunting last year i probably did more guiding last year did you see the same were you seeing the same kind of movements when you're hunting the the private ground could you see like later in y'all's day more more birds moving yes okay more birds were moving you could you could set up at the lodge and you could actually at noon you could see ducks flying the timber Mm. And we would have a morning where we kill five or six. Mm-hmm. Really? With a rest area, three or 400 acre rest areas, you know, the other side of the woods. Mm. And where, where is this? This is McCrory. Well, what's the, what's the name of the outfit? Straight Lake. Straight Lake. Straight Lake. Yep. Uh, in my mind, Straight Lake is a very prestigious. predominant, prestigious yes. uh, outfit. Uh, I follow all their social media stuff, and I'm always amazed at, you know, the videos that y'all get out there at Straight right. Lake. Um but we were talking one time uh, during calling practice that it, it even got tough for y'all last year some, didn't it? It really it really did. I mean, I, interesting things about getting to guide at places like that. You, you know, you take you take people like Coach Snitker, mm-hmm. uh, the Atlanta Braves manager. He was there. His son, Troy Snitker, is the hitting instructor for the Houston Astros. Hint, they're playing in the World Series right now mm-hmm. against each other. And then Joe Smith's one of the pitchers for the Houston Astros. I had them three with us. I think we spent three days and, and fired <clears throat> excuse me, fired four shots. Really? Wow. What, and do you remember what time is or what part of season that was? In December, it was in December, and mm-hmm. that's supposed to be like a good time. You of year. would think, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, we had, you know, it's hunting private and public i mean mm-hmm. it gets pressured you know mm-hmm. uh 
when you when you know depending on how many acres you have and how many acres of timber mm-hmm. you know this year the way they've got it set up there's going to be some field hunting too so okay. you know it takes some of the pressure off the mm-hmm. woods so let me ask you this, uh, just to kind of step back how'd you how'd you kind of get into the whole guiding how'd you wind up over at straight lake and can can you kind of expound on how you got into the guiding world and kind of what that's like you know years ago um, uh, I, I guided for a Bioview Outfitters, mm-hmm. uh, a buddy of mine, Adam Lyerly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I worked with him, uh, quite a bit, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then my buddy Kip Turner, uh, he actually ran his own hunting lodge mm-hmm. over at, um, uh, Biomeda, near Biomeda in Humphreys. And Kip actually took a job at Green Tree. And at Green Tree, it's a members deal, and they bring guests. So Kip calls me up a few years back after me doing the guide and stuff, you know, with Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kip called me up and says, "Hey, man, I'm gonna need some help. You want to come down and help me some?" So I thought, "Well, sure. You know, I'll, I'll come down." Wow, I go down there and it's <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm I'm like, we're. 640 acres of flooded timber mm-hmm. you know uh got 18 20 holes i mean it's it's phenomenal uh and granted i'm a little nervous because you know these memberships are not cheap right no. and you're taking the members and their guests and and so the pressure's on mm-hmm. you, know, you feel like the pressure's on it's it's interesting because these members they actually know how duck duck hunting goes mm-hmm. okay so I mean, I've even had one of them said, David, relax. They're just not flying right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that I have the call in my hand constantly blowing the call, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm constantly looking. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see if these ducks are coming from the east, you know, west, are they coming out of the north? Is the wind's blowing out of this direction? You know, I got I to gotta keep my head circulating, you know, <laughs> trying to get some ducks in here for these members because, you know, this, these aren't cheap places, you know, for these guys to be buying. Right. And uh, so that's kind of how I and got started with some of the bigger clubs. But Max uh, Sharp, the guy who owns Straight Lake, he used to be a member of Green Tree. And I was down helping Kip a few years back, and Max come in, and, and he's a friend with Brent Graves. And Brent actually bought Max's membership out of, out of Green Tree. And so Max hunted with us one morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of interesting because Max started calling Brent and Kip and saying, Hey, I'd like for David to come up here and help me with straight Lake, you know, if, if possible. And this has been a few springs ago. And so he called, he, he actually sent me a message on Facebook. And uh, so I called him and he said, Hey, I'm looking for someone to help me up here at straight Lake this next year. And that was this past year or oh, last really? year. Uh, okay. And that was the first year I was actually up there. Oh, okay. So, so it's fairly recent for you. Yeah. It's fairly yeah. recent for me at straight Lake. Good I've helped deal. Kip for a couple, two or three years right. at green tree. About how long have you been guiding? Wow, <laughs> fifteen years probably. Fifteen years, and you still you still feel pressure taking people. Oh yeah, I mean you know you want to make it a good hunt. I mean you do the best you can to make it a good hunt. I don't. I wouldn't see that that would ever go away. It's kind of like nerves when you're doing your competition calling. I I just don't see that ever going away. Yeah, it's. Uh, you, you know, you want to make sure you make the right decision on which hole to go to. Mm-hmm. You got to know the wind directions. You got to know the wind directions for the holes and how to set up on the holes. You know, because a lot of these guys that come in, uh, you know, some of them have never hunted before, believe it or not. You know, they, they've been invited in, you know, and at Straight Lake, you know, he's just now getting membership sold. Right. But last year was a full out guide, you know, I mean, there was no members. Max owned it. Just, and, yeah. 
you know, it was a uh, paper day. Yeah. yeah. So these guys come in and they pay significant amounts of money, you know, right. to do that. Uh, the duck hunting's probably my favorite, but I tell you what's really close to being my favorite is eating what these chefs can cook. <laughs> Man, let me tell you. Chef John up here at Straight Lake, he's phenomenal. I've heard a lot about it. I mean, I kind of like to sample it. I don't eat a whole lot of food, but, you know, if somebody was to say, let's go eat. I might he don't say, even okay. want to hunt. He just wants to eat. Yeah, yeah. I, even me. Hey, I love the duck hunt, but let me tell you. Oh, my especially God. some of those yeah. chefs they've had at Green Tree. Yeah. Chef Aaron, Chef Lee, and them guys, almighty. It's, it's, I mean, they do... They do awesome food. So is that in the back of your mind? Like when you're having a bad hunt with somebody, and you're, are you thinking, well, at least I can go back and eat good. Hey, don't think we hadn't brought Chef John up during the hunt. <laughs> we brought him up. Boy, Chef John's going to have you all good breakfast, man. We get back. So is that, is that the, excuse me, is that the gauge for how good the hunt is going, is how early y'all bring up the food? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty good gauge. <laughs> oh i love it what's what's something that you you've learned guiding as far as about duck movements and how ducks act you, you know I, I, we've this year we 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 have done an article in greenhead magazine okay. and the question was asked to me is it better to know when and how to read the ducks or and when to blow or blowing a duck call learning and knowing how to blow a duck call and to me, it goes hand in hand. Think so? I do. I really do. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there that know when to blow and, and reading the ducks just right. Uh, but late season stuff, mm-hmm. you can read the ducks, but if you can't make the sounds that, you know, that, you, that right. to, to produce correctly and things like that, in my mind, and that's just me, uh, you know, if you, if you listen to someone, and I'll give you a prime example. Last year, uh, Mike said, Hey, will Rick come up here and hunt with us? And I said, let me check. And, uh, he asked me about Rick and he said, you know, how's he killing it? I said, let me tell you, Rick's a finisher. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want to know how to finish ducks. I said, the best way for me to tell you is to sit back and watch Rick and listen to it. Cause I I've hunted with him, yeah. you know, a couple of five, 10 times or whatever with Rick. I listened to him. And if you listen to him on the videos, I mean, you can learn a lot. Mm-hmm. by someone that's experienced mm-hmm. and it was very interesting that morning we hadn't been killing very many ducks and i think that morning we ended up th- just three of us killed 12 mallards mm-hmm. and i watched and i just watched max watch rick and how to finish ducks and and it was kind of funny i watched rick hit a comeback call at the right i mean precise time right and a group of 10 turned on a dime in january and I, and they they come fluttering in, and and Rick let them go, and they circled back around, and I was watching Max's face, you know, and it's pretty cool to watch, you know, that happen. And they were they flew right in our face, and and uh, Max called the shot, and Rick got to laughing. He goes, "Man, I wanted to see how close to me that I could get them." <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it's just stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I I feel like you guys that guide and you guys that get to hunt a lot of days, y'all learn so much more than what us like weekend warriors do because y'all get to see what the ducks do more often right that that's true i mean you know you there's a lot of time spent watching and glassing and things like that especially afternoons Mm -hmm. and and not just like the movements but when you're working ducks like if we only get to work 
two groups of ducks the whole day. We really got to be on our toes trying to figure out what what they're wanting to listen to or what didn't work for the next weekend that comes around. Whereas y'all are, if y'all, you know, you got one day and then we'll, we'll try it again the next day. And if they're right. doing this, we'll change this. So I feel like y'all get so much knowledge every year, just topped onto the last year, uh, about getting to watch so many birds at those guided places. That's right. I mean, you know, in a lot of the guided places, uh, they do, you know, we talk about rest areas. They mm-hmm. they do have some rest areas that they don't touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a benefit. Uh, you know, it's it's a pretty good benefit. But two, it, you know, it holds ducks. But you know, ducks, their nature is to migrate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're migrating right now as we sit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've we seen hope. I've seen I've seen videos of more than just straight lake. Right. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Bear bow. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know about Kip. I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks, but I mean, they're moving now. So these ducks, whatever ducks you have, a lot of times they're going to get up and leave because mm-hmm. their their nature's to migrate south. Right. You know, you, we get big storms here. If it's a cold front, they're going farther south. If we right. get a warm front coming up from the south, they're going back north. Uh, so you know, these clubs do lose ducks. What what? Are you seeing numbers right now? I mean, have you been up there to, to look and see what all y'all got going right now? I was up there not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a few birds. Uh, I know Jay uh, Hodge and and Max have put some videos out the last few days. A lot of big numbers have showed up up there. That's good. Uh, That's but also Bear Bio down there, uh, you know, around Humnoak, Stuttgart uh-huh. area. Yeah. Uh, last the weekend I was up at Straight Lake, uh, he had videos – that he had he was holding ducks and there was quite a few of them mm. so but it's like the grand pass they talk about yeah, yeah. october 31st yeah. yep you know max even said it on social media which you probably saw the halloween birds are here yep. or halloween <laughs> ducks are here because this is the time they start to and, and and if you look at the fronts we're getting right now i mean they're talking about north arkansas being like 24 degrees mm-hmm. at the end uh-huh. of this week and it's the first week in november right i October really wasn't very cold until that last cold front that we got, and then the next one that we're getting. That's right. And uh, I was talking with these guys. I I checked the Windy app. I don't know if you checked that, but it, it shows you kind of the jet streams mm-hmm. and, and when you get big winds. And the one that we just got, uh, you could see just straight vertical north wind from Canada all the way down to almost Louisiana. And I don't think we ever got one like that last year. Not one time. So – it was. I got excited about like, okay, I wonder if we're going to hear some more geese with this or or whatnot. Uh, but I actually talked to somebody, uh, Daniel Alt, that had been on the podcast, and he said we lost all our specs. <laughs> <laughs> but they showed back up right after. Like I, they've shot limits every morning up until now too. So, right. but we've got another one coming this week. I'm I'm curious to see what numbers show up, and by following guy or outfits like what y'all have at straight lake on social media it helps me know like okay well their birds yeah. are showing up there so there's got to be something showing up on public ground too. right yeah and, and you know they'll they'll go back and forth yeah you know the public grounds that are going to be able to hold water you know this year and and i mean them ducks are going to travel back and forth mm-hmm. you know all these they put these trackers on the ducks for a reason mm-hmm. i mean you know them ducks can travel four or five six seven hundred miles a day and they'll go from one state to the other and back and back yeah. yeah just just in a snap yeah so i mean you know you never you never know 
from one day to the next during duck season, mm-hmm. what the next day is going to bring. Y'all get me excited. <laughs> 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 David's giving me hope for the season. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've heard that, that the uh, the breed wasn't too popular this year, wasn't right. too good. Uh, it, it's remained to be seen, really. Yeah. What Water levels. As far as guiding goes at, you know, private pl- private places, do y'all usually hope for lower water years, or do y'all – does it matter? Most, not just us, but most of them do. <laughs> I would yeah. think you so. Know? I would think so. Uh, I don't want to ask a dumb question, but I kind of did. Well, you know, <laughs> it, but most do. I mean, yeah. really, you know, if you've got the cash and the white that's, that skyrocketed and come up above flood, mm-hmm. them ducks got a lot more places mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you long know. has it been since we've had that? Because last year was our first year to really go to East Arkansas, the white and the cash, so we don't know it. So, uh, you know, uh, typically you can, back years ago, you could put your finger on it and say the second week of December, the bottoms are going to be out of its banks. Really? Yeah. I was reading, I was reading something today, actually talking about how back in the, what was it? The eighties and nineties, they, they used to kind of schedule their, um, their, uh, movement of the water during the winter. Cause they'd, they'd hold it up during the summer and then, and kind of let it go during the winter. And so they, they would, they would flooded out during the winter in december and january now you're talking about like bull shoals yeah, and all that yeah, up there yeah, yeah and you know they, they they take care of their trout fishermen up there mm-hmm. and they hold yep. a lot of that water sometimes you know uh, and i don't know a lot about trout fishing that's just i've heard people talk about that but it was uh, somebody was talking about how they uh they've changed their schedules over the last 15 years oh they as have far as, yeah they've they've completely changed their their uh uh production schedules so i just i found that interesting that yeah you know like you said or like you said you could put your finger on it whereas yeah. now you i mean you can't no you can't yeah you know a few years back <coughs> excuse me uh, a few years back uh you could almost walk across the white river really really yeah yeah, I mean, I, say, I don't want it that now, I say a few years, but you know, and and the thing is, is I mean, I've had success on the low water years. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can find water, yep. a lot of times, um, and but I mean, it makes it tough on them low water years for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen high water years when these ducks were pressured so bad in the woods. Mm-hmm. We literally watched them land in the river and swim into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so what we had done is my neighbor that I hunted, I hunt with Jimmy Nosler. Let me tell you, he got a hundred foot nylon yellow rope <laughs> with two center blocks on it with five decoys. <laughs> and we went and hunted the levee of the white river one day. And the only decoy that was showing was one, but it was out there oh giving it all. Yeah. <laughs> But they were landing. We found out where they were landing. And that's what I'm saying. Searching yeah. for them, too, you know, on public ground. I mean, and everybody does. I mean, everybody makes them tra- the travels and stuff just mm-hmm. to, you know. But we had that one decoy out of them five that was actually able to just sway yeah. buddy. And, and, and we actually killed some ducks. Now, you had to be able to get that boat out of the woods really fast. <laughs> Go yeah. Get into the current really fast without falling off a levee in the deep water. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's da- you know, duck hunting's dangerous. The things we do yeah. first to yeah. shoot a bird. That's exactly right. <laughs> Are you, any thoughts on public land? Anything you'd want to share with a uh, uh, dog came back in here, <laughs> flying back in here? Um, I mean, it's just you're a wealth of knowledge, so I'd love to hear from uh, uh, as, from your perspective on public land in Arkansas. Just uh, any wild thoughts? 
if you kill ducks, don't put it on oh, social media. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Okay. Uh, it just, you know, there's there's enough land out here for people to be hunting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I, I uh, it's like the White River and Cash River. I mean, you're looking at 167,000 acres from the north to the right. south. Um, uh, but, I mean, it, it, for myself, I've, and I've told Forrest this before, I'm not the guy that's going to stop in the hole and say, you're going to have to hunt with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy that's going to say, hey, guys, good luck, and I'm going to travel down and find something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I'm not that, I'm not that way. Yeah. I never really have been that way. Yeah. Um, but it, the, uh, hopefully the ethical part of hunting will, will get better in my opinion on the public I, grounds. I we, hope we so. We hope so. Yeah. yeah. But as far as public ground, man, I mean, public ground hunting's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, like we talked earlier, there's a lot of people duck hunting now. And and me and a couple guys have had this. It's popularity contest, you know, type deal. It is. It's a big popularity contest <laughs> well, right now. What do you think about? Because you can relate this to fishing too. Because we've talked fishing. Yeah. Community hole. There's a certain area. People always kill ducks. There's usually always kind of ducks there. Are you the, the kind of person that I'm going to try to fight my way in there, or are you the kind of person like I'm just going to try to find them somewhere else? And if I don't find them, I don't find them. I'm 51 years old. <laughs> Back when you were 30 years old. <laughs> 51, I'm going to find somewhere else to go. Right. Uh, or, I'll, I'll give you a pretty good idea that I've thought about. Uh, sleeping in, eating breakfast, and going out at 10 o'clock when everybody else is coming in. It seems like yeah. there's more and more guys. Now, you know, because there's a lot, of, a lot of these mm-hmm. places, you can only hunt till noon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to have everything pulled by one. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a few years ago they changed that, that you had to stop hunting and have everything pulled by noon. Yeah. They, they've changed it back. They've changed it back, yeah. which is good. You know, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> a few years ago, you could go out and sit in the hole at 8 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. As long as I've been hunting, you've never been able to do that. You know, you could get on the refuge at like 4, 4.30. Right. Um, and I know it's a battle, but, you know, you look at how many people's getting hurt. Yeah. I mean, the people are getting hurt trying to race to holes and stuff, and, I mean – well, look at what it's doing with, I mean, people stacking up on boat launches six days yeah. before yeah. opening day. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, to, to go back to what, what you just asked me, that's right. not going to be me. Right. Oh, I was about to ask you, what either. boat were you in line yeah. last year? <laughs> I was number one in line, <laughs> leaving out of my boat house, or, or I was following Max through the woods at Straight Lake. There you go. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. I don't either. Oh, I don't either. So when the Game of Fish come out and said they're going to drop the water levels in Biomeda, Biota View, and Hurricane, and then a guide come out and said, oh, well, that's going to hurt us, how how do you see that? I mean, with you being a guide, do you see that affecting guides at all with them dropping it in, in a public area? I don't. I mean, I was racking my brain trying to figure out how it was yeah, going could, to. but yeah. uh, the the only thing I can think of is that people are going to start looking to getting a group of people together mm-hmm. and trying to buy as much land as they can for mm-hmm. duck hunting. Right. But, man, this land's going skyrocket. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the way things are going as far as gas prices and stuff, <laughs> man, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I hate it because, you know, I want everybody to be able to go duck hunting. I want everybody to be able to go hunting, period, or fishing or whatever. I want them to be able to do that because outdoors there's nothing better. In my in my opinion, right. um, but I, I don't see it really affecting guides that much. You know, uh-huh. I, I would think that the people would want to pay more, or they would pay, 
yeah, to go be guided at mm-hmm. a pretty good place. You know, if that's what it is, you know, right. like I said, a couple of the places I've, I'm, I'm working like green tree, you know, that's members and guests only. I mean, there's, there's no money transferring hands or nothing like yeah. that. You know, straight Lake it's, you know, last year he was, we were guiding people, uh, stuff like that so but i I, in my opinion i don't see that happening too much all right well i've I've been curious i told four so that's it we gotta find somebody to talk to about this because i've been racking my brain like i don't know how it's hurting them the only way i can see it would be helping them to bring more clients into them during during the week or whatever that's that's my thought too yeah i'm still trying to figure out for myself i can't think about somebody else right now i gotta figure out myself (laughs) (laughs) so whenever you're working ducks throughout the season do you find yourself uh like getting into a rut of like how you're finishing ducks you're like oh this is work time and time again so this time i'm gonna finish them or you kind of oh oh, most definitely most definitely um i've i've had days where i just stay on them Mm mm-hmm you know, I call it Kent Cullen them. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I he, like that. He calls them the water. You know, uh, last year, one day, man, I went, bam, 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 and just stayed on them and stayed on yeah. them and stayed on them. They finally broke and come in. The next day I did that, and uh, uh, they turned the blind eye. You know, yeah. so every, every day is different. Once again, go back to the reading the birds, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to really pay attention to what they want to hear. Uh so to go off of that, because I, I like that. There's there were a couple times last year where I thought about trying that, mm-hmm. and I did, but I couldn't stay hid well enough. Like in the flooded timber, I'm behind this tree. But do you just hide behind the tree to where you can't even see the birds and just keep going, and then I'll figure out if they came in or not? I stay on the shady side of the tree. I mean, I was doing that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's very, uh, I guess, uncomfortable to keep going. Like yeah. that, to just keep making sound, keep making sound when they're looking at you and they're trying. You're thinking they're about to come down through the trees, but I'm the same way. I think that those ducks realize, like, oh, there's I hear I hear ducks, I hear ducks, and then it quits. Yeah, yeah, and then it picks back up again. I think they catch on to that. I think oh, that, that there's something they're like, uh, that ain't right. There's and, and they can definitely, yeah. you know, just that's kind of way I look at it. Right. Okay. So, but it, but once again, every day is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one day they want the feed. One th- one day they want single cutting. One day they want cadences with a blend of cadences. You know, sounding more than one duck, and mm-hmm. or like more than one duck, or or man, they want to be hollered at from the time you see them until the time they hit the water. How do How do y'all do at the private places with the cut downs? Do you even use one? No. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, there it is. I say no. Uh, before I started going over to Rick's, I blew a PSO D two, mm-hmm. and it was it was it, you know it was actually shaved down by a buddy of mine from Louisiana. Okay, uh, you know you had to blow the snot out of them things, you know, um, and you know you've always heard when I'm standing next to you and you're at the tree with me, and you look at me like. That don't even sound like a duck. But when you go two or three or four trees over, it sounds like 300 ducks. And it's, mm. I mean, it's amazing, mm-hmm. you know, back in them days. Yeah. I, I mean, because this guy was cutting this down for me. He blew it for me. He walked. And I said, man, that thing sounds terrible. <laughs> he said, hang on. So he walks around to his backyard. I'm yeah. standing in his driveway and he starts blowing it. And man, I'm, dude, I swear there's 500 ducks sitting in his backyard. Mm. It's it, It's been amazing. Well, I've got a question then because we kind of brought this up on the last episode of the original sound of an ult. 
like the top end, is it supposed to be a, like a clean popping sound, like pop, 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 that, or is it that rattly, it's gravelly? The, it's the rattly. Okay. Bark, bark, bark. I That's was an curious old hen. Because I, I've heard both. Yeah. And I didn't know, I was like, which one is the original sound and which one are we progressing towards more? But I felt like the the, the rattling sound is what I hear more of. The, the way this guy cut this cut down for me, I mean, I, I think I went through three or four of them. But you got to think, I bought these PSO D2s at Max, and they were nineteen ninety nine a piece. <laughs> that's how long ago that's been. And I bought like three of them at the time. And he was cutting them down. But these things are more in, like when you whine, call, hey. Uh-huh. That's what this thing sounded like. Huh. If you're standing right next to me, it would sound like, he, 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 he. But you get away from it, you know. So, I mean, it was the way this thing was cut down. Hmm. And I watched this guy land 300 birds around me blowing his, and I was like, man, I got to have one of them. <laughs> man, that sounded amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, and I wasn't standing right next to him, but man, it was, I mean, it just echoed through this slew we were in, you know. Huh. Um, but, uh, you know, and I did like blow cut down, and, and, <laughs> When I first showed up at Rick's, Rick said, what call you use? And I told him, he said, you got it with you? I, I said, yeah. He said, go get it. I want to hear this. And I went and got it and blew it. And he looked at me and he goes, this call I'm fixing to make, you're, he said, you're a blowhard. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm going to have to make these calls hard to blow. And, you know, there's actually people that can't even make a sound come out of my call. I mean, because yeah. <laughs> the reeds were so hard. Yeah. Really? I, well, I've yeah. attempted and it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it tough. It takes some air. It takes some air. It takes some air. <laughs> But it goes back off the cut down. Yeah. And yeah. and that's just the way I, you know, and I, I feel horrible. My grandfather gave me one from the fifties and I've not been able to find it in a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I hope you find that one day. Oh man, I do too. Y'all got any more questions? Man, I don't. I just enjoyed listening <laughs> we to got done Cause you wanted a, a kind of a funny story. Yeah. Well, a bear's the no, one I, I always I, ask. I want stories. I oh, you want stories. stories. Okay. Yeah. This, if you this, got stories, just kick this, back and start, this, uh, start rolling. There, there, there's a couple here. Uh, I, I've, I've got a call here. Uh, I'll, 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 this will be my second story. I'll make these quick. Oh, no. I don't know. How no, you're good. Wait, we're, you can go as long as you want to. What's really fun about taking someone duck hunting in the timber for their first time ever, and we've all been there, but this guy, he hunts, he hunted wingmead and i don't know if you know mm, what wingmead no, is i know what wingmead is okay we and, and see I, I got it over for uh trey fleming and them mm-hmm. at at peckerwood uh and hearts mm-hmm. reservoir they always gave me hearts reservoir unless we got to hunt their timber but anyway this guy always hunted the fields at wingmead frank Lyons' place he's never been in the timber okay so he's going with us this next morning, and and this is one of them times when the ducks are there one day, and the next day they're gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, he went with us today; they were coming. <laughs> so we go, we get in the hole, and this hole, I'm telling you, it ain't no bigger than about two or three of these rooms. It, it's not very big at all. Mm-hmm. You know, this it's probably twenty. Room. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's twenty yards wide, all the way around, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh. And he's sitting across the road from me on my right-hand side. And I've got the pull string going. And, I mean, the, the group comes around, and I hit them one time, and they break. And then I lose them. And I'm like, where did they go? I hit them again. All of a sudden, more show up. 
And I hit, you know, I'm like, oh gosh. And I, I did this little, hey, 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 little soft hen. And this hen just went, mark, mark. and I look up and there's like 80. <laughs> okay. And I'm going, oh my goodness. And I'm looking around at these guys said, hold on, hold on. I waited till the last 20 got below the treetops. These ducks are they're hitting the water and yeah. spreading out, hitting mm-hmm. the water and spreading out. And I finally said, get them, boys. And we went to shooting. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I had one flying right at my head, and I took him out. I killed two. I, I didn't shoot all three times, but people, we had like seven or eight of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about it was a war zone. Oh we're picking we're picking ducks up and i look over at this guy chris and i said hey man what'd you think about that let me tell y'all something he didn't move he never <laughs> he's looked at me and he goes i've never took my gun off the tree <laughs> and i said dude what he said that's the prettiest thing i have ever seen in my entire life and wow. he made a few gestures with his hips in the tree you know what i'm saying yeah so he's like i would have rather done that watching that that was amazing he said i've never seen anything quite like that before in my entire life and he said i've duck hunted my whole life he's never hunted the timber but when he's seen that many ducks coming that one hole he went he was he was like man I want to do this every day. And to this day, he's still there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, this the the other story I've got. This call we call me and Brad Allen. Mm-hmm. This is, if you see the name on it, it's called Pearly. Okay. Okay. See the duck? Yeah, I see. Little, little half-dressed duck. Uh, reminds me of like the old Donald Duck cartoons. Okay. Yeah. We got that design off a sticker that was at, at Max. Okay. Brad was hunting with me over at my place in eastern Arkansas, and uh, we were hunting this little willow break. And uh, it was kind of slow back and forth. And I looked up and said, Brad, there's some birds. And he didn't see them, so I picked up this duck call. And this is my competition meat duck call. Mm-hmm. And it was on my lanyard at the time. So I just pick it up, and I start wailing at these ducks. I'm talking about their cloud level. Mm-hmm. And I look up, and I said, Brad, here they come. And there was two of them. And they, they cupped them wings from cloud level. It was mm-hmm. amazing. It, they come straight down, never checked up, never swirled back around, never did anything. Just dropped. hit the water. Wow. And we shot them both. It was two gaddies. Oh. <laughs> and back he goes, when they used to do that, right? He said, yeah, yeah. you know, he said, what call were you using? And I picked it up off my lanyard and it, with a pearl barrel and an mm-hmm. orange juice. It's old pearly. <laughs> so Brad goes and finds this sticker from Max. It says, has pearly. that duck on there? And we, me and him have identical duck calls uh-huh. that's got pearly on there for that day. <laughs> I love it. That's I awesome. love it. It's pretty it, cool. It was amazing, though. I mean, I love it when Gabal is just like, oh, stop and fall <laughs> straight down. Yeah, it's, uh, I love. That. Do you think that the Gadwalls have changed just a bunch? I feel like Gadwalls used to do that a lot. They they did. Uh, the 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 thing that they're getting used to. With the spinning wings and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, sometimes it makes it a little difficult because now they they second guess landing with mm-hmm. real ducks anymore. That's out there stretching their wings and stuff. You know, I I think they're getting accustomed to the spinning wings. First part of the season, you're going to kill ducks over them, right? Eh, sometimes that's why they started making remotes because then you know you got to turn them <laughs> off. You know, at certain times. You know, if you're and I mean I've hunted timber in the fog. 
and them things work amazing in the fall. Really? Yes. If you've got ducks that's right, flying around, right. I mean, you can—I mean, you can hear them right above the fog. Mm-hmm. That's to me in the timber and listening to that's just unbelievable. That's some of one of my best hunts mm-hmm. was watching twenty of them fall in that same out hole. Of that we fog. had that yeah, yeah, out of yeah. that fog, come right in the hole, and and tried to sit right on top of that mojo, mm-hmm. you know, and it was it was pretty cool. <sighs> <laughs> but you know, that's when they were fairly new, you mm-hmm. know. Mm. I, I remember when they when they came out. I was a lot younger, but I I still remember when they came out, and I never got to get in on one of those hunts where they just fell out of the clouds oh. after the spinners. Well, that's why I was fixing to ask him. I mean, you remember the first time you went out with a spinner and, and just like <laughs> turned on, you're like, this has got to be the dumbest thing ever. And then all of a sudden Let me tell just, you, duck calls almost were obsolete. Uh-huh. You, almost, you didn't have to take a duck call with you. That's wow. how crazy this wow. was. I mean, <laughs> you could watch – Widgeons, just like them two gaddies I was talking about. Mm-hmm. You could watch widgeons two cloud levels <laughs> if there's a clear day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fall straight down in the water. Never check up. Jeez. Never make a circle, a beat, nothing. Once they locked their wings back, they were coming. It, you didn't have to do nothing else. It was amazing to Man. watch that stuff work. Would you still say they're beneficial to you? Or would you? Or would you I mean... Do you think? Well, obviously, it's changed duck hunting as it as Ch- it stands today. Change your question to: Do I y'all know. use them at Straight Lake? Well, <laughs> we do. I mean, yeah. you know, we well, use them at Straight did. Lake. Uh, we use them at Green Tree. Yeah, uh, we use them at Peggerwood. Um, but like you said, first part of the year, yeah. they work. So yeah. I'm assuming later in the season, you guys are probably later in the season. We're pulling off mm-hmm. anything like that besides the old pull strings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I love the old pull string. Uh, it takes a little more work, you know, and you got to have someone running it. Mm-hmm. And typically, I try to run it. Or, you know, if, if one of the younger guys hunts with me, a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll run it. But the, I, there's to me, there's nothing like an old pull string. Of course, yeah. I'm old school. Well, as, I, as you know, I brought this uh, some vintage stuff that's yeah. old school. <laughs> I've got some questions about the jerk string. Okay, because I, I there's times that I hate it to be honest. Um, here we is go. it is it the sound yeah. or is it the movement? I mean, I know it's both, but which one do you think it's more of? Hunting in the timber, movement. You think it's more of the movement? Mm-hmm. Okay, I do. Put me on the wrong. You got you got you got to show the ripple, right? You know, you got to show ducks are swimming around. But if you if you ever look at some some aerial stuff, mm-hmm. when you get straight over, you really can't see ripples. You have to be at an angle to see ripples really well, and in the trees at angles. The trees get in the way. So I, in my mind, I'm very curious, which I'll never actually know the answer because I can't talk to a duck. <laughs> when I get up in heaven, I'm going to, I'm going to ask God about that. Like, <laughs> which answer was right here? <laughs> but I'm just, I've, I've you've got obviously you. hunted a lot longer than I've me. I've got so your you answer. Know. Well, I, let me know. Kick water. I, that, there that's, you go. And that's why I was like, there's times that I don't like the jerk string because I'm like, I can kick water and make the sound. Yeah. And not have to gonna wind this jerk string up at the end of this hunt yeah because i didn't use it yeah but not to say that a jerk string is wrong i don't right. want to give you know i'll tell vibe. you and there's a lot of times a lot of i mean i i've hunted out of boats a lot more probably than i've hunted standing up really really mm-hmm. believe it or not on public ground yeah because the river's up but when you find where they're at and you can't stand Sit in that boat. You sit in that boat, <laughs> and you put a pull string out. <laughs> you know? yep. I mean, yep. that's honest truth. I mean, yep. you know, a lot of times you can't kick water because yep. you know if you're in a boat, yep. 
you can try to kick water, but it's going to backsplash it up against the boat, you know, so it's a different sound. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, well, yeah, I've hunted out of a boat quite a bit, and I've killed a ton of ducks hunting out of a boat. you have any tips for hunting out of a boat? Because I've, I've done a little bit of it, not a lot of it. But you got any tips or tricks for hunting out of a boat? Be very still. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, you have to be able, you know, one person really, it's, depending on how big an area mm-hmm. that you're hunting and how many boats you got, you know, we typically don't try to hunt with more than two or three boats. If, if, if we can get by with it, now, we've hunted with four before. Um, and that's three people in a boat, you know? So, but if, if you're all experienced and, and you understand, you know, you're going to have to have everybody can call, but there's only going to need to be a few that finish. Right. Because that's way too much movement looking around. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a few that, and, and, you know, there's some, I've watched, I've watched some people get mad because I was sitting there finishing ducks and I seen the, one of the guys grab the guy and just told him, let him finish. <laughs> and it made him mad. Yeah. It made him mad at me and I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, the fewer you can have moving in a boat. You know, you got two or yeah. three, four boats, uh, the better off you are. Okay. Man, that's uh, good stuff. I, I feel like I, I never hear anybody talk about hunting out boats anymore. No. The water hadn't been no, high. Right. Well, now, are y'all hunting? And the, and the, the thing is, I hunt out boats in timber. Right. You know, I mean, we have some big open spots. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that anymore. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you're at the mercy you know, and there's nothing you can do because if you go find the birds, right? Sometimes that's where the birds are. At. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, when when me and Rob Watts and uh, uh, Rex uh, Whiting, you know, I, I I worked for them at Echo Guide Service back years ago in Gregory. Um, we hunted out of boats. We've hunted customers out of boats back when you could take customers out yeah. on WMAs mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've hunted customers out of boats. We try to find high ground for them to stand in. Yeah, you know, but we explained to him on the front end saying, look, we know where the ducks are, but here's what's going to have to happen. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to hunt out of a boat. You um, want to shoot birds or not? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and let me tell you, hunting out of a boat can be a little more relaxing just standing beside a tree <laughs> a lot of times. I mean, now, it can these be millennial seats and stuff like that that they have. Yeah. That's not too bad now. <laughs> you can sit down and take a nap, man. Yeah. Your things are comfortable. But uh So and y- y'all aren't using blind in the timber you're not using a boat blind. No. No, you're just in the boat. Yeah. So you know, some of the guys we've been with have blinds. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically ours are wide open. Mm-hmm. Um that's why I'm saying being still. Right. It, the good thing about a blind, you know, on a boat is when it's really, really cold, it's nice and warm down right, side, right, especially right. when the wind's mm-hmm. blowing at your neck. Right. You know. And, and I mean, I would recommend a boat line, you know, I mean, you got three people sitting in a boat. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a lot of bodies in a 1542 right. yeah. or a 1553, whatever, Yeah, you know, 1656. I mean, it's a long boat. I mean, yeah. the duck hunt out of the first time that I hunted with Lyle Middleton, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, he was my, yeah, my golf that. coach at, uh, CBC. Yeah. Uh, we went to a popular WMA and I, you know, it's the first time I've hunted with him and hunted with another guy, uh, one of the guys that owned uh, Timber Boss Duck Calls. So I didn't know where we were going or what we were doing, and it was super foggy. Well, they got lost. <laughs> and we, we was lost for two hours. Yeah. And, like, we actually got to where we were going. And now when I see it on the map, I'm like, how'd they get lost? 
<laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> we we got there, and the decoys didn't have long enough strings for where we were hunting. Right. So we had to only use a jerk string, and uh, we went and hid. We were we were having to hunt out of the boat, and we hid behind these trees. And I was like, we are wide open. Yeah. Like in my head, I was like. Coach told me he kills a lot of ducks, and I'm like, I don't see how we're going to kill anything. This is like we've been lost for two hours. <laughs> Shoot, it's been shooting live for 20 minutes, yep. and we just now got set up. We're behind three trees. There's no boat blind, and we shot a three-man limit of mallards. That's right. I, in my head, I was like, I'm glad I didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you kill ducks on out of a boat. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I just – people don't think about especially this younger generation, because the the – social media they just they want to be in the timber standing next to that tree mm-hmm. take their pictures mm-hmm. so it is what it is yeah, that's right i mean the older they get the more they're gonna learn <laughs> right you know uh i mean i've told people for years you know i'll put pictures up after the season's over mm-hmm. of, of, mm-hmm. of my places that i hunt on public ground yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to straight lake or green tree and stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll put them pictures up. Right, it doesn't, just yeah, it fun, doesn't matter. You know, I mean, my DSJ Outdoors page on yeah. Facebook and, and uh, Instagram, you know, that's what I share. Right. You know, and, and stuff like that. So that's – I love doing that. But when it comes to the public ground stuff yeah. – yeah, Leave it alone until after season. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mess with none of that stuff. What, uh, what stage of a hunter do you consider yourself now? Do you know the stages of a hunter, the five stages? I just know I hunt. <laughs> so, so stage one or stage one is the shooter. Stage two is your goal is to limit out. Stage three is the trophy stage. Stage four is the method stage, and then stage five is you're the sportsman and you're there for more the experience of the hunt than anything else. I can tell you what stage I'm in. I love to watch people kill ducks. Mm. I love to watch them turn. Yeah. On a call that I that I've done, you know, a hail call, whether it be that mm-hmm. or a lonesome hen or something, mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you, I love to watch a dog work. Mm-hmm. That's that's to me. See, that's the reason awesome. I go out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, but when you combine it all, I mean, just like that guy I was telling you about the never fired a shot. Yeah, right. I mean, to me, that's priceless. Yeah, you know, that guy. I don't know if he's ever been back in the woods again, but <laughs> if it, if he hadn't. <laughs> he had, he got one a good experience, yeah. you know. But that's I mean, that's the stuff I like. Yeah. You know, I, when I I took my daughters, I mean my daughters have been hunting. I mean my daughters killed limits with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my oldest one uh she's been on some bang up hunts. My youngest <laughs> one was on a, a a nine limit hunt, you know. Mm. So I mean that's what I love to do, you know, teaching kids, you know, how to hunt or taking kids hunting with us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the guys in my hunting cabin over there, they grew up, you know, their parents are club members with me. You know, we all grew up taking our kids duck hunting and deer hunting and, and they all still do it today, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially them boys. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 if I need it. somebody to run and get a hole. Yeah. I'll tell them I'll be there at six fifteen. <laughs> They'll say, okay, you know, I that's, mean, a, that's what I'm excited about. I got two boys, and I cannot wait. My first one, I'm just like, you know what? You you take off. We'll be there at seven. I will try. He's gonna learn how to drive a boat. Yeah. I, I haven't hunted with them much in the last few years because they all you know they get up at two and they said, 
uh, Mr. David, I'll come back and get you about five thirty. <laughs> you know, I said that's fine. I said ah, I just don't want to fight and right, be in yeah. the mix of all that crud that goes mm-hmm. on. Um, I just soon lay in bed <laughs> and get up at five o'clock and leave at five thirty. Get my coffee and. You know, <laughs> well, when you're where you can that, get when you're doing that, I want you to think about us. <laughs> we're up at two because we're the ones out there. Yeah, yeah we, we ain't in the mix though. I'm gonna tell you, it, it's not like I've never done that. Yeah, uh, when I lived in Sherwood, me and a buddy of mine got up at one o'clock in the morning and drove to Alzheimer mm-hmm. to buy Amita. Okay, he asked me if I knew where I was going. <laughs> And I said, I think so. <laughs> so we we crossed the walk across bridge of the uh-huh. of the creek, uh-huh. Uh-huh. okay. And I and I always knew to go right. Yeah, I went right. All right. <laughs> Four hours later, we made it back out to the road. Oh, oh no! Never fired a shot, Great. and I slept all the way home while he drove my mom's car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been down the roads, you know. I mean, I got lost as a goose. Oh man! And uh, yeah, some of that water got a little deep. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it don't have to get too deep for me to get scared. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Well, we we've got to do a call review still, guys. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. We don't want to forget there. that. Tyler's over there trying to get us out. Of yeah, here. Tyler's over his wagging his finger. Yeah. At us. Oh, sorry, guys. I gotta go to bed. Oh my. Yeah. Before well, we do, no, no, you are right. Before, no, before they do call review. My favorite question to ask, what is your favorite, all-time favorite story to tell? It doesn't have to be hunting-related. Do you have one that just, I mean, it is your go-to story? And from you, from the sound of your experience, I figure you got one in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's one underneath that hat. Let, let me tell you. <laughs> me and Brad Allen was driving to Michigan for duck calling contest. And Brad's 6'5", 6'6". Mm-hmm. And I'm six one. We were riding in a Toyota Celica. <laughs> <laughs> Baron almost spit his drink out. <laughs> that alone is a good story. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, it only took back then. It only took sixteen dollars to fill it up. Uh, you think about that, sixteen bucks. You know, of course. Yeah. We got a fourteen hour drive. Right. So, you know, I stayed at his house. We left. We headed up, and uh, <laughs> where'd you? I, I, I can't remember what state we were in, but all of a sudden he looks out his side mirror and he goes, Oh, what is that? <laughs> There's a motorcycle gang driving up on us. Uh-uh. Yeah. I, and I want to, I'm trying to remember that. I want to tell it right, but I, want, I, I can't remember the exact gang. I mean, they had their vest. I mean, they're legit. They're legit. Real. Yeah. And I looked over at Brad, and I, let's just say it was the piranhas. I, he goes, oh, my gosh. They're, man, they, I mean, they were just driving beside us. And I said, that's the piranhas. And he goes, you know them? And I went, <laughs> you know them? <laughs> he said, you know who they are? And I went, and I went no. <laughs> Brad looked at me and said, no. You act like you knew it was a rough game. And I said, well, they look tough, man. <laughs> but me and him had a lot of road trips together going to these duck calling contests. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, it, was like, it was like the scorpions or something like yeah. that. Or I, I can't remember <laughs> right off the top of my oh, head. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he really thought I knew who they were. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, he was scared. He wasn't thinking. Hey, that whole trip, I'm telling you, that whole trip was so much fun because when we got to Michigan, Lake Erie, where the contest was, uh, and that, that was, a, I mean, we only been up there one time, and this was one of the funnest trips. When we pull up to where the contest is going to be held, it's in an open field outside of the lake. And uh, here we are in a Toyota Celica after a big rain. I'm going, we're going to have to be towed out of here, man. We're going to get towed out of here. Then I had a trolley would come out and pick you up and take you up to the deal. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. And then you walk up, and uh, the first thing they say, you know anybody wants to judge this contest? And you drove 14 hours, and you're going, oh, really? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh man they were fun i mean fun times we've had we've I had a blast <laughs> <laughs> you know those guys <laughs> nah i don't oh. he's looking for some help <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right forrest jump into right. that review I, I mean i i want david to tell what tell us what you think of the odb because you know the whole design and all that stuff about it but kind of tell all for somebody that's you know might be looking for echo call or you know tell us tell us about it the odb is considered it's the old dirty breaker that's mm-hmm. what odb stands for um rick on the front end didn't like this too much so they come out with a breaker mm-hmm. um so basically the odb was basically a hybrid right that wasn't even going to be in production and a little bit of uh i guess manipulation and stuff like that uh i think if the story serves me right matt dunn was talking to scott Rowe, and i think he sent him one or he maybe tried to blow it for him or something and scott said man that thing that thing's good so that's kind of how it kind of got put back into Mm -hmm. kind of production mode for us was you know someone liked it and and it was you know it's a little deeper than the breaker it doesn't get quite as high it can Mm -hmm. but it doesn't get quite as high as a breaker so uh they decided to call it old dirty breaker there's a few other names (laughs) think of it uh the old dirty breaker um it does have some good deep low tone to it you know for me that i like um but uh that's kind of how you know yeah, I mean it's it's I like it better than I do the breaker in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, I've blown the breaker, I've blown the ODB XLT, all all I like them. Yeah, uh, but like I've you know I've I've told them Echoes never really quite fit me to where I was like yes this is it, but the ODB yeah is the one that stood out to me above all the others for the way that I present my air anyhow, and right. like you said it's it's a little bit deeper. Uh, and when it and the breaker came out, I thought that they had like a little bit more raspy sound to it, other than what I envisioned the echoes of tradition sounded like. That right. more smoother, mellower sound. So I like the raspy sound. And the first ODB that I got, it man, it's still if I still had it, it would yeah, be my yeah. favorite <laughs> echo that I have. Uh, if I have to rate it, which we always rate them out of ten, uh, I'm going somewhere between eight and eight and a half for the ODB, which I'm pretty sure is the highest that I've rated any of the echoes that we've done. Uh, and I, I don't feel like it takes as much clean air as what the XLT would or as what the breaker would for me personally. Right. Uh, and that's how I, you know, present my air. I'm not a hundred percent clean. Like what David is. David's always a hundred percent clean. I don't know about but, all that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's a good thing. I mean, just like you're talking about the ODB and you know, it, we, we try to make calls that fit everybody. You know, uh, that's why we do double reach. 
you know, things like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I'm more of a single read guy. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I like the ODB. Yeah, I've already told you what I like. You know? uh, well, you tell everybody on here what you like. Uh, well, my favorite call uh-huh. is my Green Boat Arc Timber. Mm-hmm. It's it's mellow, smooth. You know, you can you can get real low with it, and you can get out there a little bit. But you know, my only go tos are my Green Boat Arc Timber and my Smoke XLT. That's, and that's, that's is that an older XLT? One of the first ones y'all come out with? Yes, sir. That first generation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What about y'all? Man, I really like the ODB. Like, I had one of them after you bought yours, and man, I was like, I gotta have one of them, <laughs> you know. And I, I love that call, but mine did not sound near as good as Force did. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I will say, like, I blew yours too, and it didn't sound. I couldn't get. It I sound never the way could get it. Did. I don't know why, but <clears throat> I never could get it to sound just like his. And I, I even I'd pick up his and blow it, and I'm like, man, it just sound just a little bit different. And, man, his he was just a little bit deeper and like, yeah. a little bit more that rasp to it than what what mine did and man. He'd get on that thing and it just oh, sounded good. In which I mean, you're not you're not any slouch yourself on one. <laughs> no means so. But man, I I really like that's probably my favorite echo call. Good. So, you got a number? Oh, it'd be up there in eight, eight and a half probably. I really I really like that one. Mm. I've been around both of y'all blowing ODBs. I don't have one, but I've been around Forrest and Tyler blowing them. And I'd say I mean both these fellas are pretty solid on them. I mean. Solid, solid uh, nine and a half for me. And at this whoa, point, whoa, I think, uh, I think uh, Mr. St. John here could blow a kazoo and it sounds good. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's, a, it's a solid call. I like it. Yeah, I mean, but, we all do. But, David, we appreciate you. Yeah, thank Thanks y'all for, for having me. It's, it's been a blast. We'd love to have you back at some point. If yeah. You're, since, if you're around, we, we know you live kind of close. Which we like that. We like yeah. to bother people if we can. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, we appreciate it. We're going to get out of here tonight, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening.